1: It's Lifeline with Jesse Gestand. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gestand. Yep, and I am alive along
2: with you. If you are listening and you are able to respond to my voice, you have to be alive as well. Uh, and it's been some 16 years for yours truly, more than 16 years on a lot of levels. But in terms of today, today is 9 11, as you guys uh, well know. And 16 years ago it was a major, major, major catastrophic event that actually changed the world as we know it. Uh,. The terrorist attack that took place across our nation in strategically two areas in New York, the Twin Towers, and then uh, a military base of the United States, as you guys know as well, really... Changed our world, and so here we are sixteen years later, uh, and we are still Americans, we are still free, we are still working through, seeking to define and codify uh, the privileges that we have uh, in this country of ours called america and so While I do not necessarily want to have to talk about nine eleven for the whole of the two hours, I would definitely definitely be glad to hear from you. Just with this thought in mind, as we, uh, as, we, as we make our way through the program, if you remember that day, 16 years ago, uh, how was it for you? What took place in your mind, in your heart? Where were you and how was it for you on that day? I remember it vividly, an adult, house full of kids. Uh, working two jobs, one job probably by then, maybe two, and then pastoring at the same time. So we call that being a bi vocational pastor. Um I was living near uh Carquinas, the Vallejo area in a little town called Rodale, a little um little district, a little hill really, a couple of hills in between Pannol where my friend Pastor Phil Howard of Valley Bible Church happens to to be right there on that strip by Highway 4. Some of you guys know it very well. And Vallejo, right before the Carquinas Bridge, lived on that little hill for quite a few years, raising my children. Uh, and and in, in that day for me was really interesting. It was a morning, as you know, Uh, And it was bizarre, bizarre. It was almost unbelievable in some ways. But as the day grew on and the news kept repeating the events, do you guys remember that, the repetitive events of the planes hitting the Twin Towers? Um, It happened over and over and over again. And I'm trying to process it on a number of levels. Uh, And and what I recognize is that we as Americans had operated at length in uh, a kind of naivete about how impenetrable our country was from the normal terror that we could watch on our televisions that was taking place all over the world, and I, I thought it 's finally here, and it was indeed finally here, and that was kind of the harbinger and the beginning of an unfolding expose if you will of of the Intense battle that goes on between the different countries and the terrorist groups and the um, the conflict between the the uh, Islamic terrorists and their hatred for or uh, animosity towards and vengeance of the West. If you were listening to Jay Sekulow, you heard some of that as well at that time. And I remember thinking vividly, uh, because it did impact me. It really did. I said, it's finally here. Don't know what that's going to mean in terms of uh, every day or every week or every month or every year. I remember for years before that, always wondering how the people in Tel Aviv in Jerusalem could just endure. If you guys recall What was happening, just bombs blowing up and blowing up in public places at the restaurants and on the buses and everywhere. And it seems like every month we were getting a news feed with uh, images of, uh, you know, collateral damage and body parts and and people being affected by bombs. And so I thought for sure, for sure, you know, that was going to be it here. And it's been 16 years. And while we have had several several. Um, I don't keep count because that's not like the thing that I do, but we've had enough of the events of terrorism nowhere near at the proportion or level of that which took place on 9-11 16 years ago, but certainly uh, we've had enough to keep us aware that the world has indeed changed. And so it it really did it sobered up my preaching. not that I wasn't sober then, but it really did it 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 sort of reined in any kind of notion that we might be able to experience a world here in the western America uh without the liability, the vulnerability the the high probability even of something as painful and destructive as have been the exploits. Of terrorists, homegrown terrorists, as well as terrorists from abroad, uh, you know, wreaking havoc and creating news. Um, certainly, it is here in that sense. And so it sobered up my preaching into our congregation for the last 16 years. They have been getting from me very, very, very serious messages about the necessity of being committed to Christ at a saving level and, you know, and, and reaching beyond the kind of uh, Pollyanna idealism that American Christianity has to offer in our media. Yeah. I mean, we still get a little bit of the Pollyanna Christianity that it's, that kind of, a, you know, trickles through your big tent ministries. That's certainly the case. But... Um, uh, a lot of the stuff that was going on about you know uh, plans to do this and plans to do that because we are the great American uh, Christian society has been tempered by uh, these potential dangers. So it sobered up my preaching. It also strengthened my convictions about God's chastisement of national sin and pride. Uh, it can it it, it informed me. Uh, and strengthen my convictions about God's chastisement of national sin and pride. And I think that that's something that we are still working through as a nation, uh, national uh, pride and uh, uh, national sins, uh, presuming that we can do whatever we want and God will endorse it. Uh, That's a huge fallacy. The notion that somehow we are the best nation in the world um, just because we say Jesus is Lord or, or whatever Um, is is also a fallacy as well. God will still chasten. In fact, it pressed me into the scriptures on a theological level, and I discovered, guess what? God more seriously chastens his own than he does anyone else on the planet. And uh, we then discovered that what we learned in the book of Job is that what Job went through was really a growth process. Even as severe as his suffering was, it was really a growth process so that the latter end of Job was better than the beginning, that Job ended up with twice as much as he had before. Not that this is all about prosperity, but this is certainly about an expansion of the glory of God in the life of a people who are committed to God. And uh, we did several messages, I recall, about the sufferings of Job, indicating that there were aspects of his sufferings that Job didn't know. We don't know. And even though his three friends asserted to know, they didn't know either. And so a lot of times what you and I are experiencing, observing, watching around the world with the with what's really taking place, um, some of it we can know, some of it we cannot know. The third thing, however, is that it caused me really to revisit Prophetic Trends. Political movements, diabolical ideologies, those things that are often incorporated in uh, war agendas um, as part of an advancement of a global uh, transformation. I, I remember that forcing me once again to revisit Marxism and Fabian socialism and the Hegel, Hegelian dialectical process and in religion, in politics and politics and religion and a lot of what prevails around our world concerning how, um, how how you know governments are managed and peoples and masses of people are managed and what does the Bible say? And I remember again the uh, the real apropos and the central teachings of the Book of Revelation concerning these kind of uh, holocaustic judgments that would uh, you know be 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 um, um, projected towards the world. Revelation chapter six is one of those texts. The four horsemen of the apocalypse, as you guys well know. Simultaneously, working in our world in terms of the providential purposes of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, being the epitome of prophets, made it very plain that uh, in the world these kinds of uprisings and tumults and the lipses and and and, uh, purismoses would take place in terms of tribulation and trials and sufferings on the part of the people of God and the world. He said, "Don't don't think it's strange. This is just the beginning of sorrows." And so after 16 years, here we are today, and I'm on the air and uh, still living, still pastoring, still raising a family uh, on the tail end of that, very thankful, very blessed, very happy to be in Christ, Uh, richly, richly, richly thankful to God to have made it through these 16 years um, and still committed to the calling and still committed to encouraging you as well and taking time out on Monday evenings as we do to really establish a prism by which you can, you know, kind of redeem what you know about the world today. All we have is today. And so I do want to open the phone lines as we prepare to take a break uh, for uh, whatever your, your, your topics may be relative to the scriptures and relative to a true edification of the body of Christ. But I am going to ask you, um so, how did it impact you how how Where were you at that time? How old were you if that 's relevant if you're you know if you 're seven hundred years old then that 's not relevant. It was just thirteen years ago that just means that you were like six hundred and eighty seven all right so um but if if your life was exceedingly different then i 'd like to know the number being one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three, two, nine so here are the questions. Here are the questions I want you to, to field with me. Uh, where were you at that time? How did it impact you then, and how does it impact you now? What does 9-11 do for you now? You know, has it changed your, your life? Has it softened your heart towards a need for God, a greater walk with God, or has it hardened you? Are you like some people, you know, you're more hardened against uh, providence and against uh, the world and even against God? we can talk about that too. The number is one All the lines are open. You know who I am, Jesse Gistand. Uh, healthy uh, in my right mind. Um, not, not all would agree with that, but in my right mind and ready to actually talk with you on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Take your questions, take your observations, take your issues if you want to uh, pose those, and uh, we can enjoy, again, the blessing of being able to have an open forum and discuss matters for the enhancement of our soul, for the glory of God, the exaltation of Christ, um, and, and uh, the furtherance of the gospel. one is the number to reach me on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back.
1: And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gestand.
2: And we are back. The time is 5.22 on this smuggy, kind of overcast, not kind of, actually overcast, but warm, not so humid Monday, 9-11-2017, 16 years after. The dreaded uh, event of uh, 9-11-2001 where um, we are remembering, commemorating, maybe even some celebrating um, the the, uh, events whereby two Twin Towers came down and thousands of people lost their lives on September 11, 2001. Total number of deaths were 2,997, 2,978 victims, plus 19 hijackers. And the location was New York City, Arlington County, Stony Creek Township, um, aircraft hijacking, mass murder, suicide attacks. And, you know, you probably have the media uh, speaking a bit about it as well today. And probably Donald Trump is also speaking to it. And they're getting a little bit um, convoluted between history and, and the present uh, as well, but I am asking you if you want to join me. Got three lines open: one, triple eight, three six seven five three two nine. Were you there when that occurred? If you weren't, you're less than sixteen years old. If you were, you were. You're not much more than sixteen years old and don't remember. But if you're twenty five, thirty, or more, um, thirty years old or more, you have a sense of what happened. If you're thirty five and up, you should be able to actually speak into. This matter one triple eight three six seven five three, two nine i 'd like to know where you 're there, how did it impact you um, and what 's your thoughts about where we are sixteen years later, as I had stated. Um, My thoughts are are much more deeply introspective regards to uh, a national posture before God, and and I I definitely would love to hear from you. Uh, Our country would not be better if we don't have a sense of assessment, analysis, uh, and and, and really a a sort of a biblical worldview about what occurred, because I remember shortly after everybody bowed down and and walked in humility, and most of the churches— uh, were filled up at that time. Ours were, wasn't. I, if I can recall, we were actually a really small congregation at the time, and uh, it didn't really increase just because of nine eleven. We might have had one person show up. No, I'm kidding. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember people showing up uh, beyond the norm at that time. But I heard about a lot of your bigger churches swelling in numbers and people started saying revival revival before they could get the third revival out people were back to doing what they do because we are all subject to the normalcy bias which really leads us to kind of living with our head either in the sand about the reality of uh, the brevity of life and the potential for for hazardous events to occur and take us out or just because we really don't want to live in the space of fear of things that we can't control. And I've, I'm very much aware and sympathetic to that position. I think we, again, work through the teaching of scripture to deal with the fact that our world is filled with evil since the fall and that none of us are, um, uh, are, are without the potential for suffering the ravages of it, no matter whether we're children of God or not. But largely I did really call attention to our own country and its need to reevaluate uh, itself In light of those events and ask the question, is there somewhere in our walk as a nation by which we really need to be working through a a sincere repentance before God? Um, I remember that time vividly. It was like, don't ask that question. Just pray to God to help his beloved country called America because he shed his grace on us. And that's all that matters. We don't need to be determining whether we have sinned and whether we have walked away from God or departed from his commandments and stuck our fist in his face and have begun to harden our hearts against his precepts and suffer the consequences of reprobation and And him giving us up to what he said to his Old Testament church many, many times to Israel. If you disobey me, if you depart from me, I'll depart from you. I'll remove the hedge and I'll allow your enemies to encompass you, but I'll allow them to punish you and judge you. And for literally hundreds of years, national Israel just mocked the prophets, beat the prophets distorted the prophets, brought in their own false prophets, speaking smooth things, as Isaiah chapter 56 says. They spoke smooth things. I remember the vivid combat between Jeremiah and Hananiah in Jeremiah chapter 28. If you recall, Jeremiah said, nope, the Lord's sending you into Babylon. I'm going with you unless he gives me other instructions. And here's an iron yoke to prove that no matter what you do, because Israel was like an ox that did not know how to submit itself to its master every time that God would put the yoke of Torah upon their neck and the yoke of his covenant purposes upon their neck and tell them to obey him as Yahweh as Lord as husband Baal uh, of national Israel. Uh, they continued to push back against God like a backsliding heifer and continued to commit spiritual idolatry and adultery um, like the whorish woman of, Jer- of Ezekiel 16 and 17. And God said, okay, all right, I told you. and And it, and it occurred. And when it began to occur... It was just an amazing thing. And yet Hananiah rose up while Jeremiah was warning, because Jeremiah warned them for many decades. Jeremiah was the prophet right up against the destruction of Israel in 587 B.C., 601 B.C. with with the 10 northern tribes, uh, 607 B.C. with the 10 northern tribes, finally 587 B.C., uh, where they would be ultimately brought into absolute uh, destruction and captivity in Babylon, Uh, 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 if you will. And in such, there was a man who rose up named Hananiah who said, no, no, that's not going to happen. God's not going to discipline us. We're his people. We've been delivered to do all these abominations, and he made a wooden yoke. Read it for yourself. And he said, thus saith the Lord with all of the passion and uh, energy of a prophet anointed, filled with the Holy Ghost. And then God spoke to Jeremiah very plainly, Jeremiah, I did not send this man. He ran on his own, and his message is not from me. He is lying to the people. That's when Jeremiah went back and told him in front of the people, Hananiah, you are a liar. He had previously said to Hananiah, now, Hananiah, I'm going to tell you something. You're speaking peace, peace. When none of the prophets before me ever spoke peace, peace, none of them. All of the prophets that God had raised up before me, Jeremiah said, were lawyers as am I for God against his unfaithful bride, Israel, warning her of her d- adulterous and idolatrous ways, warning her that judgment would come, warning her of Leviticus, warning her of Deuteronomy, warning her of the covenant mandate that if they rebel against God that he would bring them into captivity. He said, no, 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 it won't happen. And Hananiah was one of the smooth, eloquent prophets. They loved what he had to say. And When Jeremiah opposed him openly, Jeremiah took the heat for it. Because you see, we don't really like to be told that we are in a precarious way with God. It has to be God loves us, has a wonderful plan for our life. Do not tell me that God is about to discipline or punish. Don't tell me that. Don't call me to accountability for my actions or my deeds. Don't tell me I'm wrong in what I'm doing. Uh, And and I, I really feel like our nation has actually gone to another level of sort of uh, resistance of the biblical message. How about you? This is kind of a denial of the 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 prophetic word in our churches and in the world as a whole. You just, I just sense it. Don't you? We've got one line open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We're gonna take another break. Then we'll hit your phone calls after we pay some
1: bills. Be right back. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gestand.
2: And we are back the time, 535 on the Monday edition. We are reflecting upon nine eleven, the events that transpired back 16 years ago, where we were, how it impacted us, and where we are today. Let's see what James from the Bay has to say about it on line one. James, are you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. How are you doing, Jesse? I'm good. How are you? I'm uh, pretty well. You know,
3: I was just reflecting back. You know, as you said, I mean, first of all, let me say this. I mean, of course, I was affected. I, mean, I was more or less obviously shocked by it. Mm-hmm. At the time I was married, ex-wife woke me up and said, well, someone just bombed a twin tower. Something to that effect. Right. You know, just just the hysteria and the shock that was involved. See, I've never, been, unfortunately, never been in New York to have an experience it. Sometimes when you experience something firsthand and then you know it's gone, sometimes it gives you, it gives me at least a different bearing on the situation but right, right. just at the time it, right after it well right after it happened or what have you just the shock even within in the media I, I i really remember until they adjusted the camera angles people <laughs> jumping into their lives you know uh from the building or what have you i mean just people just i mean i assume that's what they were doing i don't know if they were already alive or they were dead. but it appeared to me it was numerous it was a it happened for a while until they changed you know, changed the camera angle because it was already uh, already enough going on just watching the planes go into the building uh numerous times. Sometimes I wonder if that's the best thing to do is continue to play something back over and over and over and over and over again. True. Uh you know, I think sometimes people get the message. I don't think that helps a person's emotion. Sure. You know, in, in, in emotional side, you know, I mean emotional state. You know uh, when they do that, especially for those who are closest to it. I mean, it has a collateral effect. I mean, everywhere, but for those who live, those who are in New York. You know, at the time, of course, they were in the state shot. What else can you do? Right. Um, you, you, you're a place you've been all your life. Something is, is you're supposedly as formidable as the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, what's it the, uh, the, the, the Twin Towers, the Trade Centers, or whatever. Sure. Have you. Sure. Uh, but, and I guess there have been an attempt uh, maybe, maybe 10 years earlier where they didn't even scratch a dent. In. I mean, somebody tried to do something. So people have been, I guess, there had been attempts made, you know, terrorist type attempts made, but they just didn't know what they were dealing with. I guess finally they went back and did their homework and got it right, decided, okay, well, obviously the U.S. is the sort of nation where you're not, not going to fly over all off with airplanes and ships and get it so you're going to have to attack from within. That's where... Uh, something that's really formidable in the United States is you have to attack it from within. So we'll just come over and assimilate, and we'll, you know, we'll get the biggest bomb we can in a, in a jet full of jet fuel, and hit it in the right place, and take the whole thing down. I mean, there was a lot of study that went in, you know, to do that. They just that just was an happenstance that they did. Sure. 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 You know, that was those just were strategically placed. You know, they got the flames with the most fuel that were gonna fly coast to coast. And then like I said, even the mass hysteria that went along with it, I mean mm-hmm. I guess there was the one that went into the the two that went into the uh, Trade Center, uh and then the one that went to the Pentagon, I guess it sure. was another one. Sure. They were supposed to go to the White House. I guess they were trying to attack the business, the government, uh the, the, you know, the defense system. I mean, I don't know what you know what their mindset really were, but uh thing is for sure, they definitely
2: got they had a lot of people's attention. You know, without,
3: a not, would, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Maybe I, not everybody, but they had enough. You know, I don't they, you know, I, I would had. doubt
2: I would doubt very seriously, James, if there were anyone that was uh, you know, reasonably cog, cognizant of, of life and, and the media and having resources and access to Uh, Social media, even just a a radio, uh, would not have been aware. The whole world was aware of that day. That was truly a remarkable day on a ton of levels. And, again, one could begin to unravel uh, the process and and get into the whole – uh, methodology by which it is done that would open up a can of worms, as you know because you have folks who are who are definitely committed to to insights you know theories and and all of that kind of stuff, which is fine I, you know that 's fine that 's not where we 're trying to go today though what I am going right. to ask is what is the impact? What was the impact of it for you? Did it, did it did it create a lasting perspective on your part relative to uh, being an American versus being somewhere else? And in terms of a Christian, uh, what did it do for you in, in terms of your theology? Well, actually, you know,
3: theologically speaking, I mean, it didn't work. Right? I don't mean, say it didn't wake me up. It didn't, it didn't necessarily lull me to so, sleep. So I didn't really connect the dots at that particular point. What where where, where did happen was. Okay. Are we really? I mean, the benefits that we have in this nation, which we have a uh, uh, plenty, right? Is that at the expense of other nations? Are we living the way we're living because our nation is taking advantage? Our, country, our nation is taking advantage of other countries. my mind you absolutely know? It, it, you know I, and i was like wow you know maybe that's part of the reason why outside the u.s you know you know people have such disdain for us and such hate so of course i started you know you know looking more you know into you know what sort of you know what, what kind of you know nation is this really i still don't have a answer on that i mean of course i mean is, is it green? But as far as drawing the dice, that's why I'm grateful to have people like, you know, you in my life that can kind of, you know, <clears throat> bring the shock effect, you know, bring the shock effect, you know, uh, help wake us up and help, help point us towards, the, you know, the right direction. So yeah. uh, thank you very much for
2: that. Yeah, no, and I appreciate your observations on that. Thanks for the call. Um, yeah, uh, James is right. You know, what it did do, uh, which I believe – Uh, where God is sitting on his throne, ruling with his son, co-regent over all things for his son's glory, Um, that everything that occurs is designed to uh, force men and women to think larger than themselves, to get outside of yourself, transcend your own sort of uh, centrist, Uh, notion of the universe revolving around you and then become more knowledgeable about the world at large. I know it did that for me. I became very much acutely, far more acutely aware of, concerned and sympathetic for uh, the countries in the Middle East. Um, all of the countries that you can name, Pakistan, Afghanistan, uh, uh, you know, a- areas like that, Yemen uh, and beyond. And, and, then, and then I began to become even more acutely aware of Iran and Saudi Arabia, uh, as well as Africa, our beloved motherland, with all of its ravaged uh, resources and devastated and backwards civilizations uh, relative to what James was saying in terms of how we could live at such advanced stages of, of, uh, of, of life here in America and not believe that it probably was to some degree at the expense of inequities uh, engaged in on economic and political terms. that I became keenly aware of that if in fact it was the fact, the case, that America has actually pillaged uh, economically and and trade-wise policies and uh, covert activities by which nations have descended in their ability to prosper and we have ascended, uh, you can be sure that animosity and rage and hatred would uh would produce itself in in those kinds of scenarios for those people, and the outcome would be that there would be a hatred for America not because we're uh some great nation uh because of our prosperity, but because you know uh there really has not been a successful methodology by which the world as a whole and I would believe this would be a a fair view christianly to see that societies are able to uh, exist uh you know, free of the dire, dire circumstances that many of our uh Middle Eastern countries and particularly the countries in Africa, uh and India and elsewhere, the, the, the abject poverty and yet our presence there politically and economically and militarily and yet they're not thriving and you know, we have to ask that question now before we could really get the cameras around the world with the kind of uh, dexterity and speed and accuracy and depth that we do now. Uh, you know, our media, nor did our uh, advisors, uh, political advisors, educational advisors, et cetera, have to let us know what really the world looked like. But we can see it now. You can go online. You can see it. And it should trouble you if you're a child of God. And you should wonder whether or not you and I are living on the heels of uh, of abusive systems. This is kind of the intrinsic problem that America is having with the post slavery uh, awakening. We become keenly aware that if somebody's sitting on a pile of money, it really didn't grow on a tree. It came another way. Anyhow, I'm going to take a break and then I'll continue with your phone calls. John, Mark, Jeff in the second hour, we're going to move to another richly theological question. If all my sins are forgiven, then why do I have to continue to repent? Well, let's see if you guys are awake on that particular question. If all my sins are forgiven, and we're not going to answer it until that time, uh, then why do I have to continually repent? Is that a true and proper expression of the gospel? Well, we're going to talk about that. So I'm going to take a break. When I come back, John, Mark, and Jeff on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back.
1: And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gestand.
2: And the time is 5.51 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line number two and talk with John in Oakland. John, what's your observations about what we're talking about tonight?
4: Hey, how you doing, Pastor Jesse?
2: I'm good. What's up?
4: Hey, I was just, you know, thinking that uh, what I've observed since 9-11 was, uh, well, the morning of it, uh, you know, the, the the political sides have really become polarized yeah to the point where you really couldn't even voice your opinion um as a as a, as a black man i i felt that uh, you know you couldn't even say what you felt you know as in you know well maybe america deserved it
2: right know?
4: not the people dying deserved it i'm just saying is that we bomb in other places all the time, taking over countries and things like that. Somebody was going to sooner or later get over here and do something. Right. And uh, I don't feel like that personally. Right. You know, but at the same time is that it was just amazing that you couldn't even voice it. Um, And then the other thing I've noticed is that uh, the two, the double standard for uh, Islam, not being able to discuss Islam versus put down Christianity
2: you know outright absolutely absolutely i remember those two distinct things this is kind of where they forced me back into a marxist stratagem um for for uh propaganda study and then a, a fabian socialist uh, study again of infiltration into politics media etc and it's called soft communism the ability to change people's minds and and uh and and, and distort the facts with the objective goals uh, uh, you know to be to to move people away from um a, an allegiance to something other than uh communism, which is communitarianism, and so yeah, I saw a lot of that too man i was it was that that part was really interesting what bothered me obviously being a pastor was how polarizing it was for church 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 folk how how once again we did not rise above the immediate event. To look at things more spiritually and more objectively but collapse right into the black white uh paradigm uh you know pro-american anti-american paradigm and that that was to me concerned disconcerting right
4: right right i mean you know briefly before that I remember we had the waco and all these other uh domestic right, right 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 it kind of tied you know it it really wasn't a, a big shock but it was only you know, the shock because of the trade centers went down. There they they were such an icon and on the on the East Coast that that was a big thing. But really, we were having problems up until that day.
2: Absolutely, you are right that um, if one were to have watched the um signals that for decades go. In fact, all my life and probably yours too. I remember the uh the uh the 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 different groups that would uh actually practice terrorism from San Francisco um, all the way to the East Coast and the Black Panther movement and the CIA and the FBI and a lot of internal uh, turmoil along those same kind of lines of disrupting society and, and seeking to create change through a revolution and whether or not it's the, uh, I forget, the underground group that uh, uh, Angela Davis and uh, I think it was one of the uh, daughters of uh, a major uh, newspaper um, Owner, it'll come back. The Hearst family, Patty Hearst, and others. Yeah, yeah, during liberation army. Yeah, exactly. And and how that was kind of the uh, underpinnings of what overtly became um, uh, the the. the, um, Arkansas bombing, and then finally the World Trade Center. So it's like America is either um, not aware of the enemy knocking on the door um, or are asleep from the signals that uh, that God is giving us in terms of our vulnerability. Yeah, that became very clear to me, man, very, very clear. You got anything else you want to contribute?
4: Well, I mean, I, I would truly have to say that 9-11, for them to carry it out, it had to have um, – Americans or at least nationalized Americans involved, so you know, people who are a part of our culture, you know of the American culture, so I mean, like you saying, from the seventies to the eighties to the nineties, people have been at 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 unease with the climate, yeah. you know, the governmental pressures, and yeah. then from there, I think you know pretty much we just have to be able to let people discuss things openly you know, without having to uh, uh, have it pent up where all of a sudden, then all of a sudden there's an explosion, you know, it's just like any person, if if they keep things inside for too long, they'll, it'll be okay for a while, but then they'll explode.
2: Agreed. You know? I, I agree. I think that analogy is great on certain levels and that, that may very well be a good example of kind of what happened then and what happens around the world where, Um, Nations are all broken. Our country is just as broken as anybody else's nation is in terms of just being flawed humans that are running our government and engaging in hyper complex relationships. Sleeping with the enemy, robbing Peter to pay Paul—you know, quid pro quo—all sorts of things are taking place that ends up uh, with some of the slim facts that Jeremiah Wright was preaching at that time of the roosters. You know, the chickens coming home to roost. I, I, I get some of that. There's no doubt that the wages of sin is death. That whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. I, I get that. One cannot preclude those principles from the kind of outbreak that was happening then and what might even happen in the future. If, in fact, um, our uh, not wanting to examine ourselves as a nation to really see where we are in our soul is going to leave us in the darkness of God's disfavor until something greater than nine eleven occurs because we did not repent as a nation and return to the truth of the living God, notwithstanding all of the hyper-liberal postmodern hatred for the God of the Bible, we know him to be true and we know his word to be right. We know his laws to be just. And uh, we we have to have a society that uh, reckons with the fact that a, a God like our God will punish evil. He'll punish sin. I was at a fair this weekend with my wife and there was some signs being passed out freely uh, saying uh, 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 we are against hate. A um, particular group was... Uh, are proffering this during the fair. We are against hate, and they were expecting people to take it. Most people didn't. Uh, we walked by. We said no, uh, b- simply because you know this idea of hate uh, is spent uh, on its wheels and turned upside down to to ultimately have a capacity of hating biblical truth. Why would I want to endorse that? And if I'm loving what God hates, and God is and, and hating what God loves and I represent a nation that's doing the same, then aren't we in trouble? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Blessings. Let me go to Jeff on line four. Jeff in San Carlos, I got about a minute with you. What's your thoughts on the uh, 16 years hence?
5: Well, I see a connection to this. But looking back, I was a union sheet metal guy, and I worked in Daly City. I was not politically minded, and I was still two years away from faith. It was dark out. And when I went into the shop, it was really quiet. Yeah. And then my boss and foreman were in the room. And All of a sudden, he comes out. Do you know we've just been attacked? And it was almost like I felt like when I heard Kennedy got killed. Yeah, yeah. And it's all of a sudden, I knew well, I'm in a different world. Yeah. And it's just, it can't be a coincidence that I would eventually come to faith. I would eventually see stuff through a political mind. And it was like man, I didn't understand this back then. Right. But all of a sudden I've got this view that I got from a Christian view first. Yeah. And it's like I look at this now and it's like, man, this can't be this can't be coincidence. It just it all kind of stacked up and then I didn't know it at the time, but looking back now it's just this was not by
2: chance. Absolutely. So now sixteen years hence how are you doing relative to that event uh uh in your perspective
5: i look at it as i don't try to say this is god's judgment but i know he had a he could have stopped it but i'm not going to play prophecy and say this is judgment but i keep my mouth shut there but i kind of look i know how we are as a nation now I'm not blind to it. Right. I know what we see as good as evil sometimes, and evil is good. Right. And I see it in people who I love. Right. Who don't understand my view. Right. And yet, I know they mean well, but I know they can't see the truth. Right. But you can't really explain it to them, because I can talk to my brother, and I go, you know, without faith, you can read the Bible for a 100 years, and you will never come to see... It's just something that, man, it's really thunder or lightning. So <laughs> it's just something you've got to find out for yourself. All I can say is the only explanation I can give about my faith, it was given to me. Right. I did call on Jesus, right. but I did it out of belligerence. yeah. And I got, I don't know if you'd call it slain by the Spirit, but I was convicted yeah. and it shook me up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So
5: right. I kinda look back and go, Well yeah, well I chose I didn't choose to believe. Right. I had no desire to believe but all these events and I kinda just ran into a buddy and he was struggling with addictions and stuff and then I started hanging around him at drug and alcohol things and I wasn't even addicted but I kept hearing the gospel
1: right, right. and all
5: of a sudden it's like, Whoa, I'm starting to believe this right. what's going on. Right. And I would look at all these people and go, I'm not bad like them. But then this guy goes, stick around. You'll find out your problem. Yep. Self-righteousness. Yep. 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 And it's just, I can see it all now, but I couldn't
2: see it through that time. Listen, great testimony, my brother. Blessings to you. Let me close on line three with Mark from San Jose. Mark, What do you have to say about 9-11 then and now?
6: Well, you asked James a very good question. What did 9-11 do for you in terms of your theology? And that reaffirmed to me that the three and a half years is actually 1960 years from uh, Christ, because when 9-11 happened, it was after 1960 years from Christ. And, uh, you know... uh, The words of uh, Philip Morrow, Matthew Henry, Jameson Fawcett and Brown, and and Matthew Poole's comments in regards to the three-and-a-half years are quite enlightening. Uh, They say that uh, besides the three-and-a-half years uh, having a symbolic meaning, that there is doubtless an accurate chronological meaning, which is as yet to us uncertain. Morrow says, now all these are marvelous coincidences. They point to the existence of some hidden harmony, which has not yet been discovered. Matthew Henry says, Scripture prophecies will be interpreted by the accomplishment of them. Poole says, The words shall not be clearly understood until the event makes them good. And a month before 9-11, I said the sixth trumpet would sound then. And uh, once we arrive at the time of the end of the last days, Daniel was told that the wise will understand the three-and-a-half years. There is a verifiable interpretation, Pastor Jesse, of the three-and-a-half years, and there's no doubt that it was the sixth trumpet. There's some brothers that are saying that the hurricane was a result of sodomy, and he can't say that. When Agabus was a prophet, you know, he said there'd be a famine, but he didn't say why, and we can't judge exactly what God is doing, why an earthquake happened or a hurricane happened, but insofar as when, the sixth trumpet will sound. It is... It's strange you read uh, chapter 28 of Jeremiah because it's in verse 1 of 28. That's a key verse to understand uh, both the 70 weeks prophet, see, and when the, the sixth trumpet will sound. And uh, we know one thing for sure that the death of Christ was given precisely 487 years before it took place. Not the day and the month and the year, but the year certainly was given. But insofar as the sixth trumpet is. Uh, concerned it does say that it is prepared for a day a month and a year and uh if you'll allow me to to explain why the sum of how the sum of 131 through 36
2: Well you know 16, I'm not going to let you do that. 18. you know I'm going you know I'm not going to let you do that cuz I I I was just being gracious cuz I'm going to be getting moving into another subject in about 30 seconds to let you do what you always do end up turning it on you. Listen uh so when is the world supposed to end? What what day is that?
6: Well, Jesus said no man
2: No 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 no, no. mark mark you you, go you got you have a number come on give us a date. Well, 911 was
6: 2000 days. Mark, that's from too long. That's too I long. That's too long. days.
2: What what's the date? The jubilee. What's the date?
6: I I have to speculate that it will be 8000 years. What date
2: is that? What date is, the is the that going to be? What date is that going to be, be in the year 2018?
6: February February fifteenth will be day eight thousand or six thousand from the sixth trumpet, which was 9-11. Okay. But February fifteenth next year will be eight thousand days from the okay. jubilee. And so what Seven should happen? Bell and sequence with the jubilee. Okay,
2: so what should well, happen?
6: You tell me. First Thessalonians no, hold on, hold on. four.
2: I, it should, shouldn't that be the end of time, according to your 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 theory? First
6: Thessalonians, first Thessalonians four, first Corinthians fifteen. Mark,
2: you won't America. you won't say it, will you?
6: I will if I know I won't be interrupted
2: well no, no 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 it's easy to say don't don't do that I. it's easy to say I, I, I was just allowing you to talk about 9-11 but I know that how your brain thinks and you can't get away from these series of numbers that keep locking you into dates that keep coming and going and you aren't figuring out where you're blowing it at and I'm just wanting to since you are going to be locked into the February date again right along with a whole bunch of other people locked into other dates I'm just trying to demonstrate how this is unending, as it was for the Jehovah Witnesses and others, is unending. It's going to come, and then it's going to go, and then you're going to be looking for another one.
3: You
6: you might be right, but the sixth trumpet had to be 9-11. I can establish that for certain.
2: (laughs) Well, we're not going to do that now. We're not going to do that now. Listen, thanks for the call. Got to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you the question, if all my sins are forgiven, why must I continue to... Repent. All four lines are open. One should be five. All four lines open. One triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine. If all my sins are forgiven, why must I continue to repent? Have you ever asked that question? I'm sure some of you have. Once you understood justification by faith through grace, the question often is: can I not just sin that grace may abound? And 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 if not, why not? Since I'm justified all lines are open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine I'll read an article on that expand a little bit of the language theologically and we can discuss that for the next hour since God has up to this point given us time to live we'll be right back